Hello, church. We are in the seventh week of this series, I Love You to Death and Back. And can you believe how long we've been doing church in this way? I remember we, when we started before Scooby knew how to put all this together, and we were just, I remember the first week sitting at this table, just shell-shocked, looking at the screen, wondering how we would encounter God. And I've been so encouraged to hear stories of how God is meeting you and how you're experiencing God and, and still even through this more virtual church, that we're still the church. And uh, we're going to continue on in that. We're, we're moving on in this series. And for the last six weeks, we've talked about the truth that you are loved by God, no matter what. That in spite of what you think or what others think or what you've done, you're loved. And this week, we're going to pivot a bit. And we're going to pivot to a deeper level. And truthfully, I wish that this conversation was a conversation. I wish we were over coffee or in a small group setting. I wish it was able to be more give and take and hear your stories and your opinions. And, and yet I'm going to trust that God meets us in a way where a little bit of that still happens. And so before we, we look at the scriptures this morning, I want to pray. And I want to ask you to pray with me. Jesus, thank you for who you've always been. And thank you that in deeper ways we were learning who that is. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would work within us. You continue to transform us. You continue to awaken us to who you are. Father, thank you that you're good. And let your goodness soak into deeper and deeper levels that we might be even more firmly footed in you. So meet us in these scriptures. We ask that you'd make them alive in us. In your name, amen. Well, if you're following along, uh, we're going to be in John 14 and 15. And this is the very end of, of John. This is the end of Jesus' earthly life. This is the times when he's kind of saying his last words to the disciples. And so we're reading these words that are meant for the disciples. And then because of how God has moved, they're meant for us secondhand. But they're really meant for these people who lived right next to Jesus for these years. In verse 21 of of John 14, it's recorded that Jesus says, They who uh, who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be... Loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Okay, this passage and passages like this have tripped people forever. Just when we start to get comfortable in the idea that God loves us and we can be safe in, in knowing that in spite of everything that we've done, he loves us. We come to this one that makes it seem like this love is maybe, well, a little, a little conditional. But let's not forget where we've already been. Let's not forget on what God has already said and the power of Jesus at work, the Holy Spirit within us, that we are loved, that that is our firm identity. First Timothy 2, it says that God desires that everyone is saved, that in 2 Peter, we see that God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. We see that Jesus' life and resurrection, 
His life, death, and resurrection were so that we might have life. And we know in 1 John 3 that we've talked about so often that God's love is lavished on us. This word lavished is nearly wasted. It's so abundant that it's ridiculous. And that's how much God's love is for you. The, the Greek word for this is this, is this agape love. This is a in spite of reasons to not have it kind of love. This is a love for you. This is a love really for you to have and you to go be redefined by. This is a love where you're offered forgiveness and you're restored. You have this role in God's kingdom, this new life. But this is not the point of it. This is the beginning. The beginning of it is that you would know that you're loved so that God's love can move from this love that's just about you to this love that's about this new us, which is you and God together. It's this new thing that is formed, this new togetherness, this point of reconciliation, where it's past forgiveness, but it's that you're reconciled to God. You're reconciled to others. We're going to explore that next week. But that you're reconciled to God and you're, well, you're, you're one with God. It's this experience together. Look, look again at, at verse 23 of chapter 14. Those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. I remember when I was in high school, this idea of having a home with God would, would come up. There was a song about a big, big house that people wanted to live in. And there was a song about being in heaven and the size house that we would have in heaven. And uh, it, it kind of got kicked back up by that show, The Good Place, in my mind as I watched The Good Place. And people had these different homes and different size homes and all this kind of thing. It's always been kind of a joke. I have friends who say that if they get to sneak into heaven, they'll have a really small home without any windows, and they'll just be glad to be there. I have a pastor friend who jokes that he'll be on the hot side of heaven. And the whole understanding about having a home with God is this completely other place. And we'll have a dwelling place, a residency that we sleep in, and then we go leave that to go be with God. But the the home here, that we're told in John 14 is completely other than that. Here Jesus says that the Father and that Jesus will make their home in you. That they intend to reside within you. And this is a different facet of the love. This is different than the, in spite of everything you used to believe, you're beloved. This is a nearness and a closeness. This is a proximity that's completely different. This is that God, God's spirit wants to dwell within you. But in, in this verse, this is, you know, a, a bit before the, the concept of Trinity was really flushed out. This is the Father and the Son desiring to dwell within you, to live with you. Look at John 15 with me. In verse 12, it says, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. 
Again, we're going to look at that next week and explore that. But I don't want us to explore that as a condition of love. We've got to see that that's not the situation. Instead, it's, it's something other. It's an invitation into depth of God. He goes on and says, No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus is saying this right before he does that very thing. Then he says, You are my friends. If you, if you do what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. As we do what we're commanded, as we do what our friend calls us to do, we become friends and we need to see this as an invitation. We need to see that this is a radical redefining of love. Where before it was this love for you to be, for you to be made new, for you to have a new role, a new identity, all of that. Now it is about this for you with God. It is this togetherness that it's now about. This friendship, love, this Love that's dependent on you stepping in. You see, the the love before is you're a child of God no matter what you think because, well, he said so. Deal with it. It's lavished upon you. But this love, this love is dependent on you doing something. Not dependent on you doing the correct thing, but dependent on you stepping in. Not to earn not to earn God's love and approval and all of that, but to step towards God as a friend. Now, I have some, some dear friends that I really, I love as people. But some of my friends, I love who we get to be together. There's just something different. And we don't even really have to be doing anything. Usually if I, if I get to go hang out with these friends, Nikki will say, hey, what'd you do? And I don't have a good answer. We might have watched a game, but I probably didn't even know the score. We might have ate something, but I probably even forgot what we ate. It wasn't about that. It was about this celebrating, enjoying being us. In January, I got to go visit my family and on the way back, I believe it was on the way back, Nikki was talking to me about when I'm around my brother, Brian. And she said that I am more me when I'm with him. When we're together, more of me comes out. It's as if I have almost forgotten parts of me or places within me. And then when we're together, well, I'm, I'm just me. I'm alive. There's an us. This is what we find this invitation from Jesus to be. He invites you into this really vulnerable place where you get to have real friendship with the God Most High. There's a level of trust here in this invitation. You see, if you go back to John 14, 21, it says that I will reveal myself to them. And this is God's intention. He wants to reveal himself to you, but that takes some time. That takes some presence That takes you being near. That takes you being there. So many of you know in last fall, there was a trip from this 
one church to, to Ethiopia. And I got to go with several of our friends over there. And I, I already loved these people, already liked these people. We had a lot of time to train together. And at that time, we would eat together and we would talk. We'd get to know each other's story, all of this. It, it was good time even before that. But we became something completely other when we traveled together. When you go through airports together, it's a completely different experience. When you're in long car rides filled with diesel fumes, not sure where you're going and seeing things you've never seen before, it changes who you are. When every single meal for like nine days are eaten together, you become something that you weren't before because you have this shared time, you have this shared experience. Something completely other happens. And that's the invitation here. Jesus is inviting you and me to move beyond this love that is in spite of who you are and in spite of your flaws to this love that creates something completely other where you are known and know who Jesus is. This is a completely different experience. It's completely different to experience Jesus in a consistent way where you become friends together. So here we are in in this time, in this pandemic season, right? And different things are opening up. And different experiences are happening. And and yet we still have this disrupted schedule. We're setting new habits, but it's it's disrupted. And I, I, I wonder if there can be some good in this. Many of you know the love of Jesus that is the in spite of yourself. You're in awe of the fact that Jesus loves you even though you sin, even though you tell yourself messages that are less true, all of these things. And, and you're in awe of the fact that he loves you in spite of you. And this is very real. But if we stay here, this leaves us wanting to earn or repay something. We were never invited to earn or repay. And so the next time that you go to God in prayer or in opening scripture or in devotion, I want to invite you to to see this different. I want to invite you to remember that in John 15, Jesus says that he chose you. He chose you. And he didn't choose you to be his project. And he didn't choose you just to work for him and just be his worker bee. He says really clearly in this passage that he didn't choose you to just be his servant. That's not it. He chose you to be his friend. Now, I know in our culture, the word friend is kind of, it's kind of mudded. Everyone we've ever met becomes our friend on social media. That's not what this is. He's inviting you to become his friend in a, in a way that you can go to places and he can reveal himself to you. And so here we've, we've got different opportunities, right? We have these daily devotionals that go out in, in your emails. We have videos that are posted in the Facebook group. Scooby's putting songs out, uh, different options for you to go and encounter God. But none of this, none of this is busy work. None of this is for you to just become smarter. None of this is for you to earn your keep with God. All of it is meant to create a space where you can be with Jesus 
and begin to realize the depth that he wants to be friends with you. The depths where he wants to know you and be known by you. The depths where you can sit down with a cup of coffee and if you are overwhelmed, you come to him overwhelmed. And if you are rejoicing, you come to him rejoicing and you sit and you ponder where he is at as well. You sit and you you ask God what is on God's mind as well. You when you open up scripture to Acts this week, maybe you're reading along with us and you read the devotional and you read the scripture. Then you turn and you say, Jesus, what do you want me to see here? What do you have to say here? You remember that he is the living word. That this is a time not to be productive, but to flourish. To realize this deeper love that he's inviting you into. This love where, again, you're not his project, but you're his friend. This love where you and him have some tasks that you're working on together some projects that you're working on. You and him have shared purpose and meaning. You and Jesus have memories together that you lean on, that you recall, that you kind of, you live by and you're fueled by. I truly believe that Jesus is longing for us to turn to him, not just for this in spite of all that you were kind of love. But for this abiding kind of love. Where no matter where we are physically, we are at home in him. And we realize that he is at home in us. And if we live this way, church, we will live radically different. We'll be experienced radically different. And so we are going to spend a couple more weeks in this series. I know this is the longest series we've done. We're going to spend a couple more weeks. But all all the rest of this is how do we live abiding in him? What does that actually look like? What are we invited into because of that? And, And who is this Jesus who not only is our savior, but is our friend? I believe this is a corner that God is inviting our whole church to turn. And I believe that we will find this abundant life filled with his presence right around the bend. As we wrap up today, I realize some of you may need somebody to talk to, pray with. You might need help finding the words that you you need. You might need help explaining what this friendship with God really looks like. There's some people waiting to pray with you who understand this being friends with God and understand this love where it's not just being a project, but where it's really this intimate love and and a love that is for you and God to have this relationship together. And so we want to encourage you to, to go to this number, dial it in. Some people are waiting. They'd love to talk with you, pray with you, walk with you, whatever that looks like. We're still the church. None of that has changed. We don't physically meet like we did. But we're still the church. We're still praying for one another. We're still in this together. If there's something that you need, please reach out. If there's there's something that God is doing within you, please share that with us. But let's use this time to deepen our friendship with God, to understand who God is 
and what Jesus might want to do within us. Let's pray together. Jesus, in in ways that only you can, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. That you would get around language and baggage and other things that, that keep us from you and that you would place a desire for a depth of knowing you within us. And when we come to times of spiritual habits and practices that we would recognize that that's simply an opportunity to hang out with someone who, yes, is the creator of the universe and, yes, is the savior of the world, but also who desperately wants to know us well and be known by us. Would you do that work within us? Would you give us the courage to say yes to this invitation? Thanks. In your name, amen.